You're listening to Your Best Life, powered by Mercy One. Join us as we have a fun conversation with certified experts and physicians about health topics for you and your family. It's Your Best Life, our one purpose. Hello, everyone. This is Miriam Lake. This is Sherry Purdy. Today, you're listening to Your Best Life, powered by Mercy One. And the topic today is the Mediterranean diet. Ooh, I hate the word diet. Uh, so do I. But you know what? I like to say Mediterranean uh, way of eating. Eating, exactly. <laughs> and I think uh, this is going to be a great topic because a lot of people don't know what the Mediterranean diet is. And it's it's a great uh, way of eating because it's really healthy, has a lot to do with vegetables, fresh fruit, um, lean meats or fish, whole grains, and, whole grains, and um, it's a it's a really healthy way to eat and and it's simple. So with that, Miriam, let's send it over to our friends in Dubuque to hear more about this Mediterranean diet. Hi, thanks. I'm here today with uh, Mary Hampton and Michelle Arnstorf. Uh, Mary is a dietitian, I believe, here at Mercy One. Um, first of all, Mary, could you explain the difference to me so I can understand between a dietitian, a nutritionist, and then the credentialing, the RD versus the LD? Sure, absolutely. Thanks for having me, guys. It's it's really fun to be part of this. Um, so, yeah, it gets really confusing. Um, the difference between a registered dietitian versus um, someone who might say they're a nutritionist. So to be an actual registered dietitian, you go get your bachelor's degree, just like everybody else. That's a four-year program in nutrition and dietetics. And then there's an internship component um, after you've graduated. Now, dietitians are required to have a master's degree. Wow, so, really? So those, those education requirements are, are pretty amazing, what they require to be a registered dietitian these mm. days. Um, we do have a, a, there's definitely a growing population of people who sort of label themselves as nutritionists these days. And, and that may be, they may have some good nutrition information, but they probably don't have the education. They haven't really met the education requirements that are needed to be a registered mm-hmm. dietitian. So um, there are online courses and, you know, really simple, <laughs> you know, one-hour classes that right. you can take yeah. online. And You see um, a lot of um, fitness trainers or things like that, you know, also yeah. call themselves. Right. nutritionists yeah. as well in that. And not that they, they certainly play a role and can have good information, mm-hmm. but, um, you know, maybe it's a good idea for, for people really seeking in-depth nutrition information education to seek out a registered dietitian. Yeah. So so that would be our, our kind of our cue that if that's somebody that we know that's been educated in a certain way is to look for the RD or LD behind their name. Is that right? Exactly. And sometimes um, some dietitians go by RDN or RD. So those are the credentials that you're going to be looking for um, to make sure you're really talking to a a licensed professional. Gotcha. Thanks. So um, can you talk a little bit about, we wanted to talk about the Mediterranean diet. So can you kind of tell us how it got its name and what all the buzz is about? Sure. Um, So a Mediterranean diet has been around since uh, the early 1990s or has been defined um, since then. And it's really a, a lifestyle, a style of eating. In fact, one of the things I don't like about this is that they call it a diet. I think of restriction when you use the word diet, but um, a Mediterranean diet is actually um, very inclusive of all foods. Um, it was uh, it's very research-based. Um, there have been some really important studies, large studies, that have shown 
Um, lots of heart healthy benefits of using a Mediterranean diet. May also lower the risk of um, uh, other conditions like certain forms of cancer. Um, it's being studied in terms of relationships to other uh, inflammatory diseases and things like Alzheimer's and Parkinson's disease. So the, one of the studies that I really want to mention was one of uh, a big study that was done in Spain. It's called the PREDIMED study. And it was um, done with 7,000 people over a long period of time. It showed a much lower incidence of heart attack and stroke for people who followed this Mediterranean style of eating. So, Mary, I, I hate to interrupt, but is 7,000 7, like a big number? Is that like when people are looking at studies, yeah. is that like what we're supposed to be looking for too? Yes. So you want to look for studies that, that have large numbers of people, um, have a variety of uh, population factors. For instance, in that PREDIMED study, um, they included people who had health conditions. They included people who had cardiovascular disease and diabetes and hypertension. So it wasn't just a well group of people that sure. they were studying. Um, another study that was uh, is often a, uh, affiliated with the Mediterranean diet is the Women's Health Study, which was, uh, again, very large group of people studied over a long period of time that showed a 25% reduction in cardiovascular events like heart attack and stroke. Wow, 25%, that's a, that's it, a big it, it is. number. It's a, it's a big a big reduction mm -hmm. in, in those events. Um, the Mediterranean diet is, it kind of is a roadmap, um, an eating plan that shows us foods that we can include in our diet. Um, it's inclusive of all foods. There are no strict rules to follow. So everything's, literally everything's on the table. It is, yes. All foods are included. There are certainly um, foods that we don't want to eat as much of, of course, things like sweets and fried foods and um, or fried foods from restaurants, maybe to be more specific. Okay. Um, but yeah, all foods can be included. So can you talk a little bit, so we kind of understand what the Mediterranean diet is um, out there for. That's really, truly not a diet per se. You, you talked about it being a lifestyle. Mm -hmm. So if I was going to go to the grocery store, mm -hmm. <laughs> I was going to try to buy foods that kind of fit the Mediterranean diet theme or Mediterranean lifestyle theme. Mm -hmm. Let's let's just get rid of the word diet, shall we, for the rest of the conversation. Right, just right. call it, like call it a lifestyle. lifestyle. What, what would be my best way to shop? Where should I start? What should I do? So um, what I, th I think of doing is taking each food group or food category and thinking about what foods within that food group category are going to be better choices and trying to do those more often. So a good place to start is kind of that that grain group. So um, we always think of whole grains as being the, the one of those foundations of a Mediterranean diet. So whole grains means that they use the entire seed of that um, grain product to produce the flour that's used to make make the product. So whole grains include things like um, whole whole grain breads, whole grain cereals, um, brown rice, oatmeal, other grains like quinoa or barley, farlo, farro or buckwheat. Um, popcorn is a whole grain, and it's recommended that we try to get about four to six servings of those whole grain food products per day. So I'm going to say that again. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Four to six servings of those whole grain food products per day. And the reason I point that out is because 
nowadays when we're looking at some of those fad diets out there, that's often a category of foods that are often eliminated. (laughs) It's a no-no. They have carbohydrates Mm -hmm. in them. And we know that carbohydrates in healthy forms are good for us. They have a lot of nutrition. So um, you you won't see don't eat bread on a Mediterranean diet. In fact, bread is a a staple um, with, uh, you know, using a more whole grain, hearty bread. And looking at the at a label, mm-hmm. is there anything in particular I'm looking for so that I'm cued in that this is whole grain, this is going to work out on the Mediterranean lifestyle? Yeah. So um, a really good way to determine that is to look at the very front of the package. A lot of times, um, whole grain food products, they're, they're marketing, they want that out there. So they'll say whole sure. grain right on the front of the package. Gotcha. Um, you may also find a little emblem that will say it contains this many grams of whole grain. That might be a symbol to look for. It's kind of a yellow symbol you'll see on some food products. Um, another thing, simply look at the back of the food product, look at the ingredients. Um, it probably says contains whole wheat flour or other whole grains that we mentioned. Um, also looking at the fiber on the product. So those whole grains typically have a lot more fiber in them. Um, so that's kind of a way to help spot. And fiber is good for us. And fiber is good for us. Okay. Fiber helps lower that bad cholesterol and um, uh, so LDL or bad cholesterol in our, our bloodstream and helps lower that. Okay. So we talked about the food group whole grains. Right. So, so fruits and vegetables would be kind of our next stop. And, uh, you know, we we always know fruits and vegetables are good for us. But again, um, the Mediterranean diet really emphasizes that. And we say um, four to eight servings a day of non-starchy vegetables. A non-starchy vegetable would be things like broccoli or tomatoes or Brussels sprouts or cucumbers or onions or tomatoes, you kind of get get that idea. Mm-hmm. Um, you said how many servings again? Um, four to eight servings a day. Well, it certainly doesn't sound like we're going to be hungry. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and think about all the, that fiber that's in that, those vegetables. Yeah. So a uh, way of really filling up. Uh, again, you know, eight is probably excessive. A lot of sure. us are going to, you know, if we can get to four servings of vegetables a day, um, that that's pretty darn good. And can you kind of help me out with when you're saying servings of fruits and vegetables, like what kind of amounts are we talking that I would know it's a serving if it's not on a package? If I'm buying whole fruits and vegetables, how do I know? Exactly. So great question. Um, the general rule of thumb is a, a half cup of cooked vegetables would be a serving or a cup of raw vegetables would be a serving. Okay. Um for fruit, it's a little differently. One small piece of fruit would be a serving. A large piece of fruit, like a large apple, orange, or banana, would actually count as two servings. A half a cup of canned fruit and okay. natural juice would be a serving. The guidelines for fruits are about two to four servings per day, um, which is pretty easy, actually, for most of us uh, to do. Um, and again, that's kind of an area where some of the fad diets kind of steer you away from eating fruit or because, kind of, of, the sugar. because of the sugar in them. But remember, Mother Nature did a wonderful thing and, and packaged fruits with fiber. And we know fiber helps kind of slow down the digestion and the absorption of those sugars into the bloodstream. So um, fruit is a very heart healthy food that we should try to include. Okay. So we got through the whole grains. We got through the fruits and vegetables. What's our next so um, fats, gotcha, and and probably one of the most important parts of a Mediterranean diet is is the fat component. Um, okay. and a lot of people are afraid. Yep, I have the, a question. Yeah, <laughs> go ahead. I mean, people struggle with the idea of fat. If I eat fat, it's going to make me fat. So, what about fat 
makes it good for me? Why do I need fat? Why do I need healthy fat? What is a healthy fat? Exactly. So um, a lot of people are afraid to eat fats. I grew up in the 80s when all those fat-free diets were were, uh, popular. Um, But we know that there are big differences in the type of fats um, that are available to us. So Animal fats are often a source of saturated fats, and saturated fats are usually solid at room temperature. They're found in um, mostly whole fat dairy products and meats, and those raise that LDL or bad cholesterol level. My suggestion to people is to keep those daily saturated fats around 15 grams per day, and of course you can look at that on any food label. It lists the saturated fats. In contrast, um, there's those kind of man-made fats called trans fats that um, are also known as hydrogenated oils. And we know those, those fats, trans fats, raise cholesterol level as well. So we want to limit those or, or really try to completely not have those in our diet. Because that's the one that like some of those like some cities and stuff have almost gone to the point of outlawing use like in restaurants and exactly, things? Exactly, yes. Okay. So, um, and that's one of the main source actually of, of, our, of those trans fats is the, the, the restaurant fried foods. They may be okay. using those hydrogenated oils in restaurants. Sure. In contrast, those not so healthy fats, our healthy fats are called monounsaturated fats. And these are fats that help raise our good cholesterol or HDL level and they lower our bad cholesterol. Um, A good example would be olive oil. It's probably our premier heart healthy fat that we want to use. Um, Also found in other oils like canola oil, found in peanut oils, found in nuts and seeds and avocados. Um, So those are the fats that we wanna really try to make sure we're trying to use each day. Um, Trying to replace um, butter or margarine with um, olive oil if we can, or the olive oil spreads like the olive oil-based mayonnaise um, or olive oil-based salad dressings would be a good choice. Sure, sure. Let me ask you another question. Uh So coconut oil. Uh Uh-huh. All the big rage. Yeah, yeah. What are your thoughts on that? So um, coconut oil is a plant-based fat. However, it is classified as a saturated fat. In fact, it's even higher in saturated fat than lard or butter. Mm. Um, We were really hoping that coconut oil was it's metabolized a little bit differently and we thought maybe it was a healthier fat to use perhaps because it's um, how it's metabolized in the body however some recent studies have come out again Didn't showing coconut out. i know darn it and i like coconut oil unfortunately it is in that category of saturated fat it raises it's been found to raise that blood cholesterol level so i treat it the same way as i do butter um, use small amounts teaspoon type portion sizes um, so if you want to use it, go ahead and use it, but just try to keep your portions small. So it's not completely off the Mediterranean <clears throat> diet. You just need to really be aware and conscious of what you're using when you're using sure. coconut oil. Right. Keep it, keep those portion sizes small. So, um, you know, those studies that we talked about, one of the, the main things they really focused on was, was the impact of olive oil. So olive oil in larger portions, I mean, we're talking like three tablespoons of olive oil per day have the the most benefit. Um, A few things about olive oil, it doesn't tolerate heat really well. You want to keep it at a medium heat. 
Um, so you're not frying foods in olive oil. Right, right. You're not going to fry chicken in olive oil. It would be expensive and it would smoke um, yeah. if it got too hot. So we do recommend using it in cold applications or quick cooking methods like sauteing or stir frying um, where you're not going to have it at high heat for a very long period mm. of time. Also, extra virgin olive oil is recommended. That means it's cold pressed. It, um, it's, there's a nutrient in olive oil called polyphenols that are a really good antioxidant. Extra virgin olive oil has more of those polyphenols intact. So, um, so go buy your extra virgin olive oil. That's what I was wondering, yeah, between the extra virgin oil. Yeah, there's some new margarines out too that are, we kind of hear the word margarine and we go crazy thinking that's bad for us, but actually um, there are some spreads out now that contain olive oil um, and those are often recommended over some of the the other spreads out there or even butter, so. Um, kind of on our, our food group train here. Yeah, yeah. Um, so one of the other big things we have to talk about is the protein sources, meats. And um, one of the kind of hallmarks of the Mediterranean diet is to use more fish and chicken, um, try to use less red meat. In fact, a true Mediterranean diet suggests um, red meat, meaning beef and pork, about uh, once a week. Once a week. Mm, okay. Once a week, yeah. And, you know, here we are in the Midwest. Right, we're, right. We're, we're, we're beef farmers. Meat. We're pork yeah, farmers. We're, <laughs> yep, we're, we're meat eaters here. So um, this is where I inject my little bit of grace in terms of um, if you're going to use more red meat, try to use lean sources. Okay. So, you know, we kind of lump, um, for instance, if I use the example of pork, there are very lean cuts of pork, like a pork tenderloin or a nice center cut pork chop versus something that's much fattier like a pork sausage or, mm. um, you know, bacon, bacon might be another yeah. example. Yeah. So, um, so I would say if you're, if, if, if you want to continue to work on, um, the meat part of it, just try to limit meat a little bit and try to use more chicken and fish. Maybe when you do choose red meats, make sure it's a, a leaner, um, source a, a lower in saturated fat source. So. And trim probably the obvious fat, things like that off of it. Right, trim the fat off mm-hmm. of it, uh, grill it, boil it, allow some of that fat to drip away. Um, actually, grilling is a heart healthier way to make um, red meats because that fat has somewhere to escape yeah, to. Sure. So when you talk about the fish portion of it, is there any particular seafood mm-hmm. or fish that's like better? Yes, absolutely. So we know those oily fish, um, omega, uh, the salmon, tuna, contain those heart-healthy omega-3 fats. We know omega-3 fat sources may lower the risk of heart attack and stroke by um, preventing clots that form in the blood that, that can contribute to that condition. So the recommendation is to try to get those fatty fish in the diet at least two to three times a week. Because um, diet would be better to get your omega-3s than trying to take omega-3 as an additive. Generally, yeah. So that, you know, your question is really about supplement right. forms exactly. versus um, versus the natural food sources. And we know the natural food sources have tremendous benefit. So when we can get those omega-3s from the food, that's better. That doesn't mean to say that supplements might not have a place. There are certainly people who just don't like fish. That's <laughs> how I am, yeah. I'm not a seafood eater yeah. at all. Chicken I can do, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> seafood so just um you know for someone like you who doesn't Mm -hmm. like it or 
Um, just it's it's just not something that they tend to put into their diet very often. They may or, have it when they go out to eat, yeah, but they or they don't have make an allergy, or they, you know, what, right? And maybe if they have a fish allergy, probably still wouldn't do fish oil because that oh, could sure. be yeah, 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 part of that. Part of that. <laughs> but, okay, makes sense. <laughs> yeah, go figure. Fish, fish. <laughs> so, um, so supplements may have a role. Um, you know, I do tell my patients to consider the use of a fish oil supplement. Um, these are over-the-counter supplements that are purchased typically at a pharmacy or, you know, you can find them everywhere. Hot grocery stores have them. Um, the dosage is one to two capsules per day. Um, I do recommend that they look for reputable brand names or talk to their pharmacist to make sure that the product they're buying is safe and, and pure. Um, so, so maybe a little bit of guidance from your pharmacist would mm -hmm. be a good idea. And then if you're on any um, heart medications, uh, especially if you're on blood thinners like Coumadin, it is recommended that you uh, uh, may need to avoid fish oil supplements. So just double check with your doctor and make yeah, sure make it's sure you okay them. with your medications that you take. I think sometimes what people forget, like if you're going to have a surgery or you're at your doctor's office and they're talking about your medication, is people sometimes will take supplements and they'll forget to say, I'm on such and such. So don't forget, supplements are really right. considered a medication. So right. make sure everybody knows what, what, what's, what you're taking. Right. That's very important. The one thing that I... Um, was just thinking about when we were talking about kind of the, the groups is we haven't talked about dairy at all. Yeah. What's the stance on that? Yeah. So um, once again, uh, dairy's kind of been slightly on the controversial side. And um, so uh, dairy plays an important part into the in the Mediterranean diet. It's recommended that we get about two servings of low-fat or non-fat dairy per day, and part of that is because um, dairy products contain a group of minerals like potassium and um, magnesium that may actually help lower um, blood pressure. They're also an excellent source of protein and calcium. Um, uh, most of our, our dairy products are fortified with vitamin D. That doesn't mean that alternative milks couldn't be used. Um, my, my choice, if you don't tolerate milk or you don't like milk, might be soy milk. Uh, soy milk still has protein in it, still has some of those nutrients that we're talking about. Um, I'm not, I'm, I'm not such a fan of almond milk or coconut milk. There's just not quite as much nutrition in them. It doesn't mean they're bad for you by any means, but we do prefer dairy. Dairy would be um, the preferred the source to, to, pro to provide those nutrients. So um, so go ahead, support those dairy farmers. That's yeah. always a great yeah. Yeah. thing yeah. as well. So. so maybe just to kind of wrap this up, because we kind of talked about what it looks like, the foods that you can eat on it. And you, you kind of talked a little bit about um, just little steps, lifestyle changes, mm -hmm. what would I do to really get started, my first steps, and then some resources for me? Right. So I think um, maybe a first step is to pick one of these areas that you really want to focus on. So that might be simply adding more fruits and vegetables to your diet. Um, that would be a good one to start with, or just really looking for sources of those heart-healthy oils in your diet. Maybe that would be a good first step as well, um, trying to replace... Um, um, some of the unhealthy fats with those healthy fats, um, trying to, um, you know, again, I really think that best place to work on is really that fruits and vegetable servings as well. Recognize whole grains have a really nice, mm -hmm. important part uh, in the diet. So 
so those are kind of places I would start. As far as resources that you might want to consider, um, there's a, a Harvard Heart um, newsletter. It's health.harvard.edu. Um, and you do a search for Mediterranean, and you'll find a lot of good information about the Mediterranean diet there. There's also a website called Old Ways. It's um, oldwayspt.org. And that has lots of rule, uh, lots of recipes and tips, ways to incorporate the Mediterranean diet. Um, there's this new cookbook that I love. It's America's Test Kitchen Cookbook. It's um, Instapot cooking for mm. Mediterranean diets. Um, the best of two worlds. I know. <laughs> the American yes. Test Kitchen and the Instapot. <laughs> exactly. It's um, you can find that book on Amazon. Um, there's another one that I really like. It's called The Good Life. It's um, a Mediterranean cookbook. Constance Jones is one of the authors. And it's kind of a simple way of, of starting where to start with the Mediterranean eating plan. The recipes are all simple. They're not sophisticated ingredients. Heart.org, the American Heart Association, sure. a lot of their recipes and tools and tips really fall into those ideas. Uh, foundations of the Mediterranean diet and the American Acad uh, the Academy of Nutrition Dietetics website is eatright.org and is a would be a very good resource as well. Okay. Awesome. Well, I think we've hit the highlights of the Mediterranean diet and great resources and some tips and ideas on how to get started. So, thanks Mary, thanks Michelle for coming and talking about the Mediterranean diet. Talk with you soon. Thanks for all of that great information, guys. Thank you all for listening. Send us your feedback at www.mercyone.org backslash podcast. You know we love your feedback, so do it now. <laughs> and live your best life.